Hey everybody, our guest tonight comes from a tennis family raised in Carmel, Indiana. He was a member of three state championship high school teams, won the state doubles title his senior year, played collegiately at Valparaiso University, where basically this guest and his doubles partner rewrote the history books at Valpo. This guest has the most doubles wins, highest doubles winning percentage in Valpo history, made the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament with his partner his senior year at Valpo, and has now been on the professional tour for the past two years, again, having success in the doubles arena. Please welcome to the pod, Charlie M. Hart. Charlie, thank you uh, taking some time out tonight and discussing your tennis journey with us. David, thanks so much for having me. Really looking forward to this. So uh, you just kind of wrapped up your, your second year on tour, basically been on tour now for 18 months. Give us a kind of, uh, I don't know, Cliff Notes version of, of how it's all gone since you've graduated Valpo and been out there in the, uh, in the professional tour. Absolutely. Um, right after graduating, we, uh, Jay and I took a couple weeks off, I guess, having played you know, a pretty intense collegiate schedule January to May. Uh, right up till about uh, Memorial Day, and then uh, took a few weeks off, played a couple money tournaments, and then hit the circuit. Um, I think actually you were there for our first tournament, the uh, Winneka Challenger, back in 2017. Right. Um, and so we, we started there, and then we were able to stay in Illinois. Um, initially, we had um, a little struggled a little bit with the the way the doubles works in a sense that. Um, the doubles cuts are kind of made with combining uh, singles ranking and or combining your doubles ranking, whichever's better. Uh, but the point of the matter is that you got to have a ranking to be making those draws. There's no real qualifying like there's in singles. Um, and so initially, either of us had a ranking. We had to split up sometimes um, to find guys with rankings. And then hopefully either one of us would get in the draw and maybe get some points. And just to interrupt you real quick for our viewers, Charlie's talking about when he mentions Jay, that's his um, doubles partner from college is Jeffrey Shorish, who we've had on um, one of the, my original podcasts. If you want to go check that out, go way back and you could listen to, to Jeffrey as well. But when Charlie mentions Jay, that's who he is referring to. It's Jeffrey Shorish. Sorry, Charlie, just continue on now. No, absolutely. That's, uh, that's you know, it's funny because I, I, well, I'll touch on it later, but he, he and I have grown into this uh, brother relationship where I just call him Jay, and, and not very many people do that other than the Malpo guys. And so it's, um, anyways. But uh, so, anyways, we would get, um, we had to split up a few times. I remember playing with uh, Jack Murray one week and Alfredo Perez another week, and he, I believe, teamed up with uh, Aaron Hiltzik one week and then stronger timer another week uh, just american guys and we were looking that if they had points trying to get into the draws um, or get the wild cards um, and so we did that initially jay was able to get singles points very quickly um, and so then we were able to kind of re-team together and we were making most of the cuts um, as far as stuff that i learned initially we um kind of came into it thinking we'd do really well and we were kind of surprised at how difficult um, it was in, in comparison to college because you see a lot of college players on the lower level tennis circuit so we thought it'd be very similar but there, it was a little bit more difficult there was definitely uh, the, the level was higher in college doubles you run into a lot of singles players that aren't very good at doubles um, and so you can really shred them up in about, and you've got one set to do it and so there's not much that they can change 
but then when you got to go to the circuit, you got two out of three, obviously with the breaker, a little bit more time, and definitely the players are just more talented. They're hitting their spots better. Whether or not they really know what they're doing on double sport, if you can hit a forehand 100 miles an hour on a dime, that's still really hard to deal with. And so we, we ran into that, had some issues with that. Um, we also kind of learned just how to be professional, you know, whether it be making sure you're getting three meals a day and, and doing this every day, you know, training as much as you can. So much of it is structured by someone else when you're in college. It's really easy to kind of let it, um, to just let someone else kind of take care of that for you when you're in school. And then when you get to the pros, you got to kind of grab it, uh, do it yourself. And so we learned that kind of trying to get all those things uh, as best we could. Um, Let's see, we, went, we stayed in the United States most of the uh, first year. There was uh, one time we went up to Canada in September of 2017. Um, and then, let's see, I went as far as California. Uh, we were down in Texas. And then uh, it wasn't until this year, January, I guess it was February, we decided to um, go to Europe. And we actually had talked about splitting up just because we hadn't done as well together. Um, so we ended up, uh, I ended up going to Europe with Josh Hager and kind of near the end of that decision, Jay decided to come with. So we actually, Jay and I both went, um, but that was kind of the first time I ended up getting points in Switzerland was uh, February of this year. I uh, playing with Josh Hager. Josh Hager played for Notre Dame, uh, graduated same year as I uh, played for, I'd say, the Switzerland tournament we played, it was actually the last one he played. So he did it for about nine months after graduating and then got a job in Chicago. Um, so that so that took us to Switzerland, and then we ended up also going to Greece. Had a rough situation there. Um, what's interesting about some of those places, Greece, Egypt, Kuwait, uh, Turkey, I believe, as well. These uh, kind of remote areas... The way it's set up, these tournaments are at resorts, and um, they kind of expect you to sign up. When you sign up for the tournament, you get a hotel room, and then you're at the resort, and you're paying the resort to stay there, and then they're letting you hit, and you're eating all your meals at the resort, and all you're really doing outside the resort is going to and from the airport. <laughs> um, and so we didn't really know that, and and. We're, cause we're kind of thinking cost effectiveness as much as we can, so we call, we find a, an Airbnb right around the corner when we're in Greece. It was on the island of Crete, actually, and um, and so we thought it was great. It was like I want to say thirty euros a night, and we were splitting it. And the guy said he could take us to and from the airport and to and from the grocery, all part of the price. And so we're we're doing that. We're thinking it's great. And we get to the terminal, we find out that they're real stingy on people that don't stay at the resort, which is kind of strange for, in our opinion, we just kind of learned how things work around the world. Um, but we, there's only one court we could practice on and it was all cracked and sandy, but the people that stay at the resorts could practice on whatever course they wanted. So that was a rough experience. That was the only rough experience, but at the same time, you know, we were in the island of Crete in the Mediterranean. It was a beautiful island. Um, so that was, that was a little bit of an experience. And then, uh, Came back to the United States, and since then, it's been all North America, being that a couple times I've been to uh, Canada, um, most notably would be, I want to say, right around the U.S. Open, so like the early September, um, Sam Shropshire, a Northwestern graduate, 
he and I got our got I guess my first uh, doubles title um, in Niagara Falls, Canada. So that was pretty exciting. Uh, made the drive up there from Indianapolis and uh, stayed there for a week, and that was a good, uh, great experience. And uh, Sam and I have kind of been playing a lot together for the last couple months. Nice. And, and yeah, that's kind of what's, I guess, a, a little bit of a Cliff Notes version of what my uh, 18 months has been. Yeah, no, that's great, and thanks for sharing all that. I'm getting, I mean, again, I, I repeat this again on this podcast that this – these, these are this is the story of true professional tennis. It's not just the top fifty, top one hundred guys. And I know always during it seems like during like right before the U.S. Open or right before French Open or something like the New York Times will come out with an article about you know life on the futures tour. And uh, it, those articles always intrigue me. Um, and then hearing your stories, seeing what it's really like, you know, trying to make it is um, it's awesome to hear. So I appreciate you. You sharing that. As far as not playing with Jeffrey anymore, did that take you uh, a little bit of time to adjust, or it was kind of like, hey, it is what it is. Let's, we got to roll. We got to try to make this work. It, uh, you know, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit of both, I guess I should say. Uh, playing with Josh would be the first time when I really kind of committed to that, um, separating it out. And it, it was, you know, it was tough. I actually had to switch uh, return sides and, um, that was new, but I've, I've gotten real comfortable on both sides of the court returning now. And then um, I'd say the biggest thing was that you just you got to you got to have open communication paths. You know, with Jay, we we just were interacting so often that it was like we just kind of knew we didn't really like on a deuce point situation. We just almost knew exactly what we wanted to do without having to say, and so. I mean, we'd say something, but we wouldn't have to, like, go over it. You know, when, when you're at – the last thing you want to deal with when you're playing a match is you get to a deuce point, and then you, you have to have, like, a minute discussion with your partner about how you think you're going to win the point. Right. <laughs> and so you really don't want to run it. So I'd say that the biggest thing was that the, the lines of communication have to open up a little bit more when you get to know someone just because you want to figure out exactly what kind of serve you, he wants to hit at the deuce point. If, he's, if he takes the return – What's he, is he probably going to lob or is he going to go for the rip? Like, just stuff like that you want to iron out before you can or just talk about it as much as you can. Yeah. So it, was, uh, it was kind of a learning experience in itself, but I've also, like you mentioned, with the circuit, there's a lot of guys that you just kind of week to week, you got to figure out how to do those things and, and make things work. Right, and what I would say is, you know, the, the team at the opposite side of the net of you, they're, they're dealing with the same exact thing because there's a good chance they're not playing with the same partner consistently over time, so... Um, you have that as well so let's kind of take a step back we, we do this with all our guests um, kind of walk us through your, your your journey a little bit I know you come from a tennis family you're um, three you're the, you're the third of four siblings I believe your younger brother actually won state doubles right in the fall of 2017 um, did. you yes. played it you played at Carmel high school huge yeah. high school um, near the Indianapolis area, um, big tennis tradition there. Rajiv Ram, among others, are from Carmel. Three state championship teams. You yourself won the doubles title your senior year. Kind of walk us through uh, your journey, how you got started in the sport, and then um, your high school years. Absolutely. The, uh, what I found out recently when I when you sent me over some of the uh, talking points when I was asking my parents, um, they, they mentioned to me that I'm. I'm technically a fourth-generation tennis player. Um, my great-grandfather on my mom's side, Jack Eaglesfield, ran around in the 20s playing an amateur circuit. 
um, tennis back in the day. Um, so that was pretty exciting to learn. And so it just kind of trickled down from there. Um, both my parents played growing up. My dad played for Wabash College, which is a liberal arts school in Indiana that you may have heard of. Um, that was Division Three. My sisters. So I was actually the first of my family to go to Carmel. Um, my, uh, both my parents went to Park Tudor High School, which is another pretty well-known in tennis world um, high school in Indianapolis. And so both my parents, both my older sisters went there. My older sister, Elizabeth, actually was on um, all four years, won this team state championship. Wow. Park Tudor, which was quite impressive. Um, and then my sister Caroline was on the last two years of those, and then I believe was like a state finalist her junior and senior year, and um, and and then they both ended up playing Division three. Um, Elizabeth played for Denison University in Ohio, and then Caroline played for DePaul University in Indiana. Uh, and so it was, it was real easy for us to pick up the rackets. Um, you know, my dad, mom, and dad loved to play. They've remained healthy throughout most of their lives, and so they've always been playing. And, um, and so, yeah, it was crazy. I was, I wrote down the lineup actually when I was at Carmel, um, it was a pretty, pretty deep team. We had one of my years, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Kumar brothers, but yep. they are, our lineup, me here, Kumar played one singles, who ended up playing at Northwestern, Samir Kumar played two singles, who's at Stanford now, <laughs> uh, this guy, Chris Plowman was our three singles player, didn't play in college, but he was a very good player. Um, Connor Dunn played one doubles, and he played for Trinity in Texas, Division Three powerhouse. Um, Elliot E played one doubles with him, played for uh, Indiana University. And then um, I played with uh, Patrick Farrell, uh, who ended up playing Division Three at DePaul University. And so six of those seven guys ended up having great collegiate careers and we were all on the same court and I, I was out there basically number six or seven on my high school team when I was a junior. That's so funny because yeah I know you said you you heard um the pod that I did with Jared Hiltzik and he was at one of his new true years Jared was like four doubles they were so they were so loaded and I mean Glenbrook North where I where I coach now we're we're pretty good and we've had some battles with new true the last you know few years or so but that team with Jared he was he said college coaches would come out to recruit some of those guys, and they said their their high school team, the Nutria team, was better than their college team. Um, right. That's how loaded it was. That, that's crazy. Crazy cool. Yeah, also, I always was, was thinking about, it's unfortunate that um, Indiana does tennis in the fall, the boys tennis in the fall, because I, I was always told the same thing. It was like people from Indiana talked about how deep Carmel's team was, and people from Chicago and Illinois talked about how deep Nutrier was. Yep. And I always wanted to see if we could match it up. But <laughs> was uh, kind of tough with that. But definitely, you get some of those suburban teams for tennis, and they just get unbelievably deep. That's so cool. So, I mean, obviously, you, you had a successful high school career. We went over that um, before. As, I mean, it, it's pretty clear that you wanted to play in college and with the success you had i'm sure you had some schools looking at, at recruiting it recruiting you so kind of walk us through a, a few of those schools that you know were interested in you that you were interested in and at the end of the day how valpo uh won out 
Absolutely. I uh, definitely wanted to play, having seen both my sisters play and really enjoy their collegiate experiences. Uh, and so I, I was... I would say I got a little bit of a hitch um, early in the recruiting process, or I guess right kind of in the important phase would be around 15, 16 years old, kind of when everyone starts making uh, decisions and seeing uh, players uh, develop and how they're going to develop. I ended up taking about six months off to deal with a a hand issue, kind of a, a, a sprain in the hand, uh, bruising, I guess. And, uh, I don't know how much that affected, but it certainly didn't help in the recruiting process. But anyways, um, having my dad, having played at Wabash college, um, and stayed very much in touch with their athletic department, uh, their coach was gung ho from, I'd say almost day one of, uh, high school. He was showing up at, at matches and such, uh, making the drive over is about an hour from Indianapolis or an hour from Carmel, I should say. Um, so he was really excited, and it was a real interesting school. It's a, it's an all male liberal arts college. It's about nine hundred boys in a small town in Indiana. Um, very successful academically. Um, so I looked at them, and but a big thing for me is that I, I did want to play Division One tennis. Um, I just wanted to have that experience. Um, something that uh, neither one of my sisters, I mean, my first sister, or my second sister, dabbled with it um, before transferring to DePaul. Um, but I just felt that I wanted to be on a team like that, travel around, get to compete against some of the bigger schools, um, and see what happened. So for that reason, I wasn't too interested in Wabash. Uh, that was a big thing for me. So in terms of Division One schools, the other three that were kind of looking at me would be University of Dayton, um, uh, IPY, and then Valpo. Uh, Dayton was in the midst of a coaching change. Coach had just stepped down. Just They just hired a new one. So that helped, uh, or I guess it didn't help much with the recruiting process, trying to communicate with a couple different guys. Uh, but I was very interested in the school because I really wanted to also, in addition to playing Division One, attend a school with a res- very respected college of business and then a school with a Christian faith background. And so Dayton and Valpo were both uh, kind of checked that list. And uh, IPUI was interesting. I'd, I'd known the coach there, uh, Brandon Curry, um, IPUI is Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis. And uh, I'd known the coach there. He basically taught me how to play when I was five or six at a country club here in Indianapolis. And then he's now the coach at IPUI, and his name is Brandon Curry. Um, so I was good friends with him, and, and we talked, and I kind of decided I didn't want to go that close to home. Um, and so I ruled that off the list, kind of came down to Dayton and Valpo, and um, really felt that. Valpo was a team there. They just seemed to want me a little bit more. A um, couple of different people in the recruiting process met, met the guys, really enjoyed that. And uh, and at the end of the day, I was like, this, I just visited them. And it was real late in the in the process. I want to say March or April when I made the decision um, of my senior year. So just a few months before I ended up showing up in the fall for classes. Um, but yeah, I ended up going with Valpo and uh, it turns out to be one of the best things I've ever made in my life. So Yeah, uh, it, it sure did, because I want to talk about that next. I mean, you and your doubles partner, Jeffrey Shores, had unbelievable success. And not only the two of you, but your class um, yeah, are, are a top of a lot of the, the men's tennis record books at Valpo. You guys had an unbelievable class. And just to highlight just a couple things that 
um, you and Jeffrey accomplished. You you uh, made it to the finals of the ITA National Indoors. You beat uh, during that run. You beat the second uh, ranked doubles team in the nation. Um, you made it to all the way to the quarterfinals in the NCAAs. You lost to I believe was the defending champions in a heartbreaker match. A really really good match. Um, you know I I can go on and on about what you guys accomplished, but. How did you and, and Jeffrey, well, one, did you even know Jeffrey before Valpo? And, and two, how did you guys wind up playing together? So we, uh, we had crossed paths a little bit. Um, just kind of, you know, if you, you're, when you're playing in tournaments, you're looking at draws, you see the names. Um, and so he had played a few in Indy. I don't know if I'd ever played in Toledo per se. A couple times, there just weren't as many in Toledo. Uh, but I'd seen his name in India, and you see various Midwest Opens, et cetera, around the Midwest. Um, I'd see the name, he'd see my name. Same with uh, Dave Bacala and Kyle Dunn, with right. two other class that rounded out that class of four. And um, and we all kind of, I'd say, just similar, if, if anyone that's listening to this plays junior tournaments, just you just know the names. You know, you may not know them personally. You may know them personally. You may have hit them a few times, played them once or twice. Uh, but you cross paths. And I do recall Dave coming up to me, um, I want to say February of my senior year. Um, he had already committed, as did Kyle and Jay in the fall. And Dave was like, hey, man, like we'd love to have you. Like be a great thing to have four guys coming in to kind of change the culture you know grow what's been done there's a class of six that was ahead of us that ended up being four uh, graduates and then there was our class it was a very young team and I that would be exciting um, but when we got there you know I, I started out thinking just doubles for me maybe crack the lineup and then just you know enjoy being on a division one team uh, had some success in singles in the fall, kind of in those uh, those lower flights, the invitationals. And then um, when the spring rolled around, we were looking at um, the team was always first for all of us. We were like, how can this team be the best? And so we had, we had uh, Dave McCalla and Danny Oaks um, were actually playing one doubles. And we felt that having them and then having Jay and I at two doubles was we were, we were going to have a lot of success with the doubles point, which we did. And um, and so it was, it was fantastic to uh, be a part of that. And, that's, and we just kind of tested a few different teams. I remember I played with Dave in the uh, in the fall, and I you know I, they tried me with Dokes, and they tried Jay with Dave, and they tried um, various combinations, and that's just kind of how it settled. And Jay and I took the opportunity that was given to us and finished that first year, um, 21 and one, I believe, uh, something like that. And so it was, uh, worked out really well. Obviously we came back the next year and stuck together, but I guess in terms of how much we knew each other, it wasn't like we forced it. And once we started playing together, obviously we, we worked on a few things. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was, uh, I guess I'll go more into the relationship we had, um, we uh, we lived together for three years, so we knew just about everything about each other, <laughs> um, good and bad things, which is always a part of any college roommate situation. Uh, but definitely, I consider him more of a, uh, a brother than anything else. Um, you know, I've, I've had my younger brother's five years younger than me, and so I, having this whole roommate doing the same type of things, 
um, was kind of a new experience for me. And, and, and for him, he's the oldest of, uh, he's got two younger sisters. So we both kind of connected in that sense. Um, and then, I mean, when you step on the court with a player like Jeffrey, um, he's just extremely talented. I mean, that's the one thing that it was very easy when people are like, well, so how did you have success? I'm like, well, it's, I mean, the, the joke, which is very true, in money situations is doubles is all about your partner and so <laughs> I, I certainly had a great partner in college and um, I, I consider the analogy that I enjoyed or agreed with the most would be hammer and wall type of team uh, where Jay was the hammer in the sense that he was going to put away a lot of the balls he was going to win a lot of the points on his shot um, but like like we mentioned before, it's 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 a, a two person game, obviously, and so he he's got to if he's going to put away the overhead, like he's got to have the the serve's got to be good enough to set him up, and right. stuff like that. And, and so I got to you know high first serve percentage, body serves, etc., create easy opportunities for him. Um, and, and we worked together. There were things that we didn't do well together that we had to get better at, and, and we did again and again and again. And that was what was nice is towards the end of our careers at Valpo. I do recall Coach Doherty kind of being like, hey, man, you guys know each other the best because you've been playing for so long together. Go on to this quarter. you got 30 minutes. Iron out some things. And he'd kind of work with some other guys or, or some other guys would be playing, doing other things, and he'd be like, just figure some stuff out that you guys need to figure out. And, and so we do that, and that was fantastic, kind of having that autonomy um, to fix our problems if we had problems or to work on improving certain shots. Um, and so it was. Uh, it was really sad. I mean, we he went. I'd say that he morphed the most because I, I consider, like you mentioned, the high school success for doubles. I considered myself more of a doubles guy when I got to college, and he was just a very good tennis player. And we were able to kind of funnel that talent into being super smart. You know, hitting big returns, but hitting smart returns, not hitting them out. You know, hitting first serves that were you know 100 miles an hour but you're going to make 95% of the time as opposed to the 130 that goes in every other time. Right. And so, stuff like that, you know, just being really smart. I mean, he was a, well, I love, my favorite points in, in playing together with him would be the, where I hit a serve and, and the guy hits a pretty good return at him and Jay is basically on the net and the ball just kind of hits his racket and dribbles over. <laughs> and, the, and the other guys are like, oh, and I'm just like, he literally, he puts himself in those situations so many times in college to get those easy points. And he knew that's, that was, just, I mean, that was just from learning. We just learned like that was an easy way to get points and he was willing to do that. And so um, it was fantastic playing with him. And uh, you mentioned the success we had. It was, it was, it was multiplied in the fact that we were doing it together. I just enjoyed so much the travels, uh, the New York City tournament, especially uh, making the finals there after getting a wild card. It was actually it was a great few days for me. I do remember the uh, Cubs won the World Series uh, Wednesday night, and then <laughs> and then Jay and I went on a little run at that tournament. And so that was that was quite a uh, quite a few days for me, and I'm sure for um, obviously any Cubs fan will remember those times. So yeah, 
That's awesome. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, special memories that, that I know you will um, never forget. Those memories last a lifetime. So appreciate you sharing those experiences. So you graduated in the spring of 2017 after a, an unbelievable collegiate career. You've basically been on tour now for 18 months. Like we said, you just finished your first full year on tour. You and I were talking a little bit um, before we before we recorded this. And I mean, just hearing your voice and, and talking with you a little bit, you're, you're loving this. You're loving traveling and you're loving going on tour and, and um, trying to make it. Uh, 2019 is right around the corner. What, um, what specifically are you looking um, forward to improving on? And, and it doesn't solely need to be on the court. It could be off court as far as, you know, knowing how to travel a certain way, knowing how to um, get to and from the courts a better way, whatever it is. I mean, this is a whole new lifestyle and you got to try to figure it out. So 2019 is coming up. What are you, uh, what are you focusing on? Absolutely. I, uh, so Sam Shropshire and I, who I mentioned before from Northwestern, um, we've been playing a lot together the last couple of months. We're looking, um, uh, planning a trip to Europe. We're going to try to stay on some indoor, hard indoor courts. Um, although I guess some of it over there will be carpet indoor, which is pretty similar. Um, and we're going to try to do that as opposed to here in the United States initially um, January, February is, is a lot of outdoor tennis in the south um, there's two tournaments I'll actually play one in Tucson, Arizona um, in January but after that I'll, I'll try to go to Europe um, get some hard indoors where we're a little bit more comfortable um, and from there you know uh, in terms of skills always try to improve um, you never want to get to a point really in any um trade of life where you feel like you don't have to improve anymore and so uh, for me I, I guess serve power would be a big thing uh, especially just on the pro circuit those deuce points are so critical and you can you can lose win and lose matches by just a point here and there and so if you've got a go-to serve um, that you can wait till the deuce point to use that's just fantastic and so just add as much MPH on that as I can. Uh, in terms of hands, uh, always trying to improve the hands so that you're just hardly missing it from that. Basically, a rule of thumb I try to have is if I can get my racket on it, um, I should be making it. And so, like that's kind of where I train and how how I train is to, if you're if you're going to have to hit it around me if you're going if you're going to win the point in that sense. Um, and so. Uh, those would be the two biggest things. You're always trying to improve your returns um, and such. But those two things specifically uh, will really help, I think, moving forward. And hopefully if we do well initially, we'll, we're kind of near the uh, combined around 1,000, a little over 1,000. We're both about 560 in the world in doubles. So we're uh, inching our way to some challenger cuts possibly. And um, that will be something to consider if we get some early success in January and February. So. Well, best of luck. Um Again, I know you're looking, you're fired up and getting ready to roll after a couple of weeks off, get rested up. And, um, you know, we've been recording about 30 minutes now. This has been great, Charlie, and I, I appreciate you taking time during your off season, talking with us a little bit. And, um, yeah, I just want to wish you the best of luck personally and professionally going forward in 2019 and beyond and um, look forward to, to following your journey. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate this platform. You know, getting the uh, getting the story out of what it's really like. So we uh, uh, definitely was very very willing and able to uh, give you the time and really enjoy really enjoy talking to you, David. Appreciate it, Charlie. We'll talk soon. Sounds good, my man. Bye.
That was Charlie Emmert. Such a nice kid, good kid too. And um, hope you enjoyed hearing his story. And we're all looking forward to uh, watching him and and seeing uh, what the future holds for him because I think we have a bright future for for Mr. Emmert. So thanks again for listening. We'll uh, have another we'll have another podcast guest in the near future. Thank you.